Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. 9.15, Kale and Company. Uh, sorry, 9.01. 9.01. I'm 14, <laughs> uh, 14 minutes ahead of schedule. <laughs> well, you know, it's Friday. It's the 9 o'clock hour. Anyway. You know, it's where we are for the week. Nick, Don, and Greg. <laughs> well, you said that. You said that because I, you and I were talking about something right oh, before yeah, yeah. we yeah, opened yeah. up our mics. Yeah. And I said 9.15. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, morning mystery movie clip will come up five minutes after 9.15. That's at 9.20. We'll get to what's on the cut sheet part due. Uh, also, the uh, Chiefs fans murder mystery story that is kind of captivating the country. We will get to that coming up and also Bud Light's comeback tour for the Super Bowl. But I do want to grab this call. Tom is in Percocy. Uh He's a retired police officer, and he's got some thoughts on that trial that we were just talking about in Dawn's Big Three. Tom, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, guys. Another great show, and happy Friday. Yes, thank you. Same to you, sir. Hey, so in the Pennsylvania Vehicle Code, there's a section, it's called Violation of Title, which if you're a parent, as an example, and you own an unregistered car, and you send your child out in that vehicle and he gets stopped, the kid could get charged and you could also get charged because you permitted it to occur. Okay. The same would go as if uninsured, unlicensed, so you as a parent, have what they call local parentis, which means you're responsible for the actions of your child. Sure. And, and especially if there's indicators, if you, like you said, if you know your car is not registered, you don't let them drive it. If you know the kid's got issues about guns, you take the problem away. The problem is the guns. Well, it's not the guns, but if you eliminate that part of the formula. Yep. I don't think it happens. Right. You eliminate that, that, that part of the equation, and then the tragedy doesn't occur. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So you're now, are, you're saying it is apples to apples, car uninsured, gun unlicensed, child, minor, parent responsibility? You can kind of, I, kind of broad brush it here is what you're saying? I think you can because, again, it's a material thing that if you take that material possession out of the problem it's harder for the problem to occur mm-hmm. and it's still a, could the kid go out and get a gun yeah that's possible but if there's no car there's no keys the kid can't drive the car if there's no guns in the house the kid can't shoot at anybody okay all right tom well thank you for uh, clearing that up for us we appreciate the call today pal just the thought. Thank you, and have a good weekend. Yes, sir. You as well, Tom. Tom and Perkis, retired police officer, with his thoughts there. I'm wondering if it's, you know, um, this is such a fascinating story. I'm kind of glad you brought it up in the big three, Don. I'm wondering if it just it depended upon each state, you know, based on what the law, because I can't imagine it's just some universal sweeping, um, you know, I don't even want to say federal law because that's not applicable either. But I got to imagine it's. It, it seems like it from a common sense standpoint. It seems like a fair comparison, right? Like if you have that vehicle and it's unregistered, and your sixteen-year-old takes it, not only does that guy get in trouble, that kid, that sixteen-year-old for banging it up or killing somebody and committing vehicular homicide or man- manslaughter, um, then the parents are on the hook for it as well. And I think social media plays a role in this. The fact that the the mother. You know, to your point, I mean, she had confirmed it because she posted on social media 
that they bought this, um, you know, it was a, a handgun. They keep saying semi-automatic. Most handguns nowadays, unless it's a relic or a collectible or something, right. I think most are semi-automatic. Um, but I think it was a Sig Sauer, as I recall. But, okay. I, I, you know, she, she posted a picture and said this was a, a, you know, a gift. And then, oh, this beauty and so on and so forth. As a parent, you know, she knew that he was suffering with some mental health issues and was trying to cheer him up. Mm-hmm. I would just point out to you that what was more likely to happen if he was ha- having mental health issues was the most of these these shootings, and they never say this out loud when they list the stats, are self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. Why in the world would you would you give a teenager who you know is suffering with mental health, if you want to take him to the gun range, then you say we're we're gonna let we're gonna lock this up. We're gonna because you can yeah. lock it up someplace else. Oh, you can course. keep it at the gun range. You can use theirs. There's a, there are a lot of different options where if you were trying to have some positivity and, and that was the kid's thing, mm-hmm. but you don't let them have possession of it. No, of course not. No gun gun ownership responsibility and the ability the ability to lock your 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 firearm yes. up is a very serious thing and it's. A very easy thing, it, you know. It, you get some of these safe lock boxes, and you know these combinations, digital codes. Some yeah. of them are thumbprint, um, you know, fingerprint ID. Um, you know, it's very. If you if you just <laughs> spend two minutes doing it, you know, you can prevent a lot of this type of stuff. So yeah, and he, also he was fifteen. He wasn't driving. Had no way to go buy ammo or this or that. They're saying, Mom and Dad, you provided this, mm-hmm. and then also they pointed out that they spent. Um, they could, the, the principal said, we've carved out one hour. Let's have an hour session. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad, within 11 minutes, within 11 wow. minutes of meeting, said, nope, we don't want it. The principal in the school said, he's he's writing a note saying, help me. Uh-huh. Why don't you take him home? Nope, we don't. He can stay here at school. Bye-bye. 11-minute meeting. Mm. Uh, Joan on the YouTube chat wants to know, who is the gun registered to? That's a good question. I believe it was, it, it I want to say dad. It couldn't be the child, right? Because he's a minor, right? He I wouldn't be able to have was, that registered in his name yeah. at 15. I believe it was dad. Yeah. Well, I mean, to to um, uh, Tom and Perkis's point, you know, if you get into an accident with a car that, that is maybe registered to your parents, your parents are liable for it. Yeah. Because They're it's the under ones. their name. Yeah. So... Boy, this is a fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like the precedent that this is going to send mm-hmm. send uh, send. Even though I do agree that I think that the parents should be held responsible, mm-hmm. I'm just afraid where other cases can go. Oh yeah, because, because every this. lawyer under the sun that acquires Absolutely. one of these cases is going to use Absolutely. this as their their argument. Yep, for sure. Yep. All right, eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. If you would like to climb in, so where we are, what are we? Just about two weeks, sixteen days away. From the biggest sports day of the year, the Super Bowl. And Bud Light, uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, is pulling out all the stops yet again. Still trying to dig themselves out with that big old Dylan Mulvaney shovel to hit the Super Bowl in their biggest ad campaign yet. As they are returning to the Super Bowl with a 60-second ad representing the beleaguered beer's Biggest bid to recover from a consumer boycott. Wow, that was you know we're almost coming up on the one year anniversary. Of no, it. I was more important. I was more impressed with your wording there. The beleaguered beer's bigger bid. You know that's what Joe was trying to say in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, beleaguered beer. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, but Bud Light Anheuser Busch is also going to run a 
Minute-long Michelob Ultra commercial featuring soccer legend Lionel Messi, as well as a 30-second Budweiser spot highlighting the work of its wholesalers, okay, hardworking, middle-class Americans, working out there in the factories and, you know, shipping it off to the distributors. And they will also be featuring and bringing back, not Dylan Mulvaney, the Clydesdale horses. <laughs> wow, Make the Clydesdale's great again. They are really trying to rehab their image, aren't they? There's no doubt about it. Yep. They said, quote, we need to make sure for these moments of massive reach that we choose the right brands to meet the moment, not only on the TV screen, but brands that can really scale out the opportunity that the Super Bowl and the NFL playoffs provide for everybody else, said Kyle Norrington, Anheuser-Busch's chief commercial officer, Quote, these are the brands that we thought deserve the opportunity this year. Translation, no dudes in spandex, no guys in bikinis, no guys pretending to be girls. We are going back to what made Anheuser-Busch great, those beautiful horses. We're going to latch on. I mean, I could be a nit, I could nitpick here a little bit and be like Lionel Messi soccer, really? Uh-oh. Yeah, it's not a soccer guy, but I get it. A lot of people like Messi, big name. I get it. Um, and they're going to do this the right way. Thirty seconds of commercial time, by the way, during the Super Bowl will cost them seven million dollars. Coincidentally enough, it's the same rate we charge here on Kalen Company. <laughs> seven million is not. Think about think about all the money they dumped into this failing campaign. Uh, yep. Just just to to like correct it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They've so, been doing it for five and, months since the NFL started, and I still don't think it's going to work. Uh, Sharon on the YouTube chat says that ship has sailed. I kind of agree with her. I think all of this is f- for not now. But yep. hey, you know, you, if you want to sink some money into this to try and rehab this campaign, better look to you, man. Sharon is correct because even through the first two weeks of this year, 2024, Modelo Especial has accounted for 8.6% of their retail store beer sales for the Anheuser-Busch family, compared with Bud Light's 7.4%. Bud Light sales in that time are down 28.9% from the same period the year before. Modelo is up 15.1%. And then lastly, um, remember our little buddy, Alyssa Heinerschneid? Heinerschneid. Uh, the Heinerschneid. Heinerschneid. Her podcast clip in which she said uh, Bud Light campaigns previously contained fratty, sort of out-of-touch male humor. Mm-hmm. Um, Heinerschneid, if you just would have stuck to the Clydesdales and Lionel Messi... And you probably could have done it for a lot less than $7 million for 30 seconds. That's <laughs> true. You wouldn't have killed your campaign or your career. Wow. But, you know, maybe she's hanging out with Matt Lauer. Matt Lauer. I don't know. Yeah, they're both out of work <laughs> these days. So there you go. Uh, that's that story. Um, lastly, on the Kansas City Chiefs fans that, oh. that have been found oh, this... dead, Fox News has been all over this yeah, story. Um, I mean, I've seen it pop up three times since we've been on in, since 6 o'clock this morning. So for those of you that don't know what happened... Parents of the Kansas City Chiefs fans that have been found dead now think that the victims, quote, saw something that they should not have seen. The bodies of Ricky Johnson, 38, Clayton McGreeny, uh, 36, and David Harrington, 37, were discovered on January 9th, two days after they had gathered at their friend Jordan Willis's home to watch the Chiefs play the Chargers. Willis's attorney said his client had no idea that the men were outside. And he was only made aware of the bodies when police showed up at his home days later. He said he slept for nearly 48 hours following the party. Yeah. 
Which, man, he must have had a hell of a no, party. No, I'm, I'm, I'm calling Call BS, BS on that story. right? Oh, of course. Yeah. So essentially, just to wrap it up and give you, we'll, we'll talk about this. It's there was four of them, and three of them end up outside. They die. Supposedly, they froze to death. Yep. And this cat wakes up two days later. So my guess is they were all banged up, and they're, they're trying to make it sound like, or at least the guy that survived was like, I don't know, but they probably went outside hammered, drunk, high on whatever, and passed out in the cold and died from you know hypothermia or whatever, or froze to death. I had nothing to do with this. But the, the parents of the family of these other guys, they're, they're not buying it. And this is, something doesn't smell right here. Like, how do you just stay in your house for 48 hours unless you're, you know, some, like, um, guy that's scared of COVID wearing a mask in his basement? I think Howard Stern can do that, right? But this guy must have been really, really wrecked on something. And then you realize it. You go out to your, your little woodshed or something, and you see your three yeah, buddies th- just dead in an igloo? Th- this this is not – this doesn't pass the smell test at all. Like, there, there's no there's no possible chance, even if this guy – you know, even if they partied and did whatever, that they he was asleep on his couch for two days. Yeah. There's just no chance that that happened. And so um, – yeah, I think so. One of the fathers is alleging that that he believes, or him and his wife believe, that they saw something um, when they went back to the house, and that this guy kind of you know. well, and and family members of the deceased say that they tried to contact Willis for two straight days, where he just didn't respond to any message, and his defense is, I was asleep. But they say, you know, if you look at all the social media posts. Family and friends were became frantic. Where are these guys? They were banging on his door. They and and even when right. somebody when he answered the door, they're like, "We can't find them." And they said, "So you knew that they were at your house. You knew they were missing, and they're in your backyard." Yep. Yeah. This is a very very bizarre story. Yeah, it's uh, Lisa writes. Uh, the, the four all took drugs of some sort, and, and the owner just happened to pass out inside. Yeah. It has to be that. I mean, you got it's beyond alcohol. I mean, my God, you, for you to drink that much and not be able to get be yeah, awake for two days, you were taking probably lethal drugs that maybe, if you took enough, probably killed you. This story does not add up. No. So I'm guessing that because there's no, I mean, I guess they haven't done autopsies yet. That's correct. I don't see anything on an autopsy because there's, you know, and there's no entry level thought of, okay, well, they found these guys in his yard, and there was a bullet in the guy's head, or his face was smashed in, or any. You know, it doesn't look like there's any uh, results of physical trauma other than you know frostbite. I'm assuming, or you know, if your body's out in the freezing cold in Kansas City of all places yeah. in January. Yeah. A couple relevant facts. So there was a fifth friend who was there who left earlier, left around midnight, and said that that all of them were alive and well, and they were watching Jeopardy. The man who you know, it's whose home, who's in question here. He allowed police to search his home, but I'll point to you what his job, his job. He holds a PhD. He is a senior principal scientist at a neutralizing antibody lab there. Oh. Um, and so he's, I don't know, is this a breaking bad Walter White? Is, <laughs> is this a scientist who was, I mean, I don't know. Or did he store something in the fridge and they grabbed the wrong thing? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But he's a major scientist at a neutralizing antibody center, uh, a sheaf laboratory in Kansas City. 
pretty wild story. So he is a scientist and a chemist, so I don't know. Yeah. All right. If you want to check it out, I uh, have the story courtesy of foxnews.com. You can read more about it. We will come back and get to our morning mystery movie clip that's on the way. It's Kale and Company, Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. It's Kale and Company On Demand. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Nick, Dawn, and Greg as we head until 10 o'clock this morning. Still ahead, what's on the cut sheet part due? What's on tap for the Dawn show today in music history and who won Twitter and YouTube today? But right now, time to give it away again. It is 923 and it's time for our morning mystery movie clip. And now... The morning mystery movie clip on Kale and Company. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I, I don't know what you just said. I didn't read that far in the book. Did you do the homework or not? I guess not. You guess not. I don't know who you think you are or who you think you're dealing with. You can't give me a straight answer? Fine. Give me one good reason. Why I shouldn't fail you right now. What would your father think? No, 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 no. Think you know what it is? Be called 12 at 855 839 1210, and you could win this great prize. One last copy today of the book All the Light We Cannot See, a novel by Anthony Dewar. A book about a blind French girl and a German boy whose paths collide in occupied France as both try to survive the devastation of World War II, which is also now a Netflix limited series. Call her 12-855-839-1210 and you will win a copy of All the Light We Cannot See. Best of luck and we'll see who our winner is in a couple of minutes. I have no idea what that movie is and I have it in front of me. Really? No. Okay. I don't think this one's terribly difficult. Yeah, I do. No. Lorenzo's been known to throw us a a tough one and then an easy one and then an in-betweener. We'll see how that goes. All right, good luck to everybody out there. Uh, One story before we get to our winner and the cut sheet part due today. Uh, I wanted to get to this story yesterday, but we ran out of time. Uh, I have to give some kudos to a Pennsylvania high school for not falling victim to cancel culture. So Susquehannock High School in Pennsylvania is reclaiming its local indigenous history and bringing back its logo for their high school, um, you know, uh, athletics. You know, you don't even need to do sports. Every high school usually has a logo and they have a, uh, a warrior logo. Thanks to the new school committee members standing up against cancel culture. I always love when this happens. Um, you know, the left, the only exercise the left ever seems to get is when they want to yank down statues or pull down logos. That's like their definition of working out. The school was forced to remove the logo back in 2021 thanks to the previous board members and um, the new board members that won election in the fall earned their spots while running on pro-Native American platforms and having to put the end to the erasing of history. Quote, this movement was about erasing Native American culture, and I wasn't about to stand for it, said Jennifer Henkel, a mother of three and one of the new school board members, as she told Fox and Friends this past week. Now, this actually occurred in the Southern York County School District, 
where the school board voted 7-2 to two on Thursday to allow Susquehannock High School to bring back its traditional logo. Um, and I'm looking at it here. I mean, it's just a... Uh, one of those banners that you see like on a uh, a pole in like the the parking lot of the high school that you see them waving all around. Um, I'll just put it up against the to the camera. Maybe you can see that there a little bit if you're watching on YouTube. And it looks like you know your traditional uh, high school or college where you'd have a warrior or you know an Indian or a, you know a Seminole like Florida State University. Got the traditional headdress on. It says Susquehannock High School, home of the Warriors. And uh, while the new school board is quite literally paying homage to local history, some of the old board members are apparently not exactly pleased about the reversing of course, which, again, let's face it, elections, they have consequences, even for something as simple at a grassroots level like a logo for a high school, which my stock answer when I see these stories and you hear these, it could be at high schools or colleges, you know, the obsession of the left to just, you know, want to remove something, a logo, a statue, um, a nickname, and the amount of things that just trigger this small vocal minority is so infuriating. And it's it's kind of, you know, a joke that they felt the need to take it down in the first place. But I guess, you know, coming to your senses and also, also um, voting out the old guard and voting in the new guard is quite refreshing. Uh, The York Daily Record said, quote, they came into their new positions with bravado to to push their personal agendas and not with humility to learn their jobs, wrote Deborah Kalina, a former member of the school board, in a recent piece in the York Daily Herald. So you could tell, you know, she's a little bent out of shape because, you know, somebody decided to say, you know what, enough is enough. Let's try to regain some of our sanity here and go back to this. I remember in high school, there were so many high schools up in the Lehigh Valley that had either there's Wilson High School, they were called the Wilson Warriors, uh, the Lehighton Indians up uh, Route 33 as you're heading up towards uh, the Palmerton Lehighton Jim Thorpe area. Like this is a common practice by a lot of these schools. I don't know if this bothers you, Don, but I, I love when they stick it to cancel culture and they say, you know what? We're going to undo the errors of our past. We're not going to bend the knee for you anymore. Love it. Yeah, and I hope the community rallies around it if that's what they've chosen. And I think that's a good thing. I mean, a lot of times, I don't know, a lot of times you see this as just a few people who are, you know, raising the issue. And then and then everybody gets all up in arms. And mm-hmm. this one, I think it sounds like good for them. Yes. And you know what the thing <laughs> is? How many times do you see these stories where the group of people like the a tribe or a group of native americans that have would have a right and a beef to say mm-hmm. that doesn't represent us correctly and they're the ones that say no we're 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 fine with it it's not it's not a big deal it it's you know what it is it's usually a select group usually female liberal progressive women that are just triggered by everything under the sun and that that's that's what we're probably witnessing here would be my guess in york county by the way we still don't have a winner so oh, you're wow. right. It is tough then. Yeah. Let me. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think that's a difficult movie. I, I saw a bunch of people calling in too. They must have all had the wrong answer. So okay. Me, what are we back? Let me just play the clip again. Not the whole, you know, shebang. Just yeah, the yeah. clip. So okay. this is the movie. Uh, if you know this movie, call 855-839-1210. I, I don't know what you just said. I didn't read that far in the book. Did you do the homework or not? I guess not. 
You guess not. I don't know who you think you are or who you think you're dealing with. You can't give me a straight answer? Fine. Give me one good reason why I shouldn't fail you right now. What would your father think? I have no idea what that is, by the way. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, you know the movie? Yeah. I think it came out in 2008. Okay. Uh, I think. I'll have to look. Dawn, do you know? Am I just the only dopey one here who doesn't know this movie? I don't know. Well, okay. you've been on fire all day. You've been so, so uh, as, as Muggsy Do said on Twitter, very cogent. 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 Kojak, whatever. Uh, <laughs> you, you don't know that movie. I don't. Sorry. Okay. Well, best of luck if you do. 855-839-1210. We'll come back, and we will uh, get to what's on the cut sheet part due. If we don't have a winner. Anthony, you are fired. <laughs> that's and, not, uh, we'll that's not true. That's not true. Actually, it came out in 2007. I was 2007. Off, I was off by give some clues. Yes, clues. It was uh, Professor Plum with the rope in the library. That's <laughs> uh, a different clip. Back after this on Kale and Company. Let's talk about Parks Casino, the number one casino experience in the entire Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Why? Because they really do have it all. You know, it's my casino of choice, Parks, P-A-R-X, 3,200 state-of-the-art slots, 115 live table games, the best sports book on the entire East Coast, award-winning restaurants, New York's best club comedians every other Thursday night, and then the best bands, of course, every weekend at 360 Lounge. Parks Casino, the ultimate destination for action, excitement, entertainment, and plus, these headliners coming soon, America's top psychic medium, Matt Frazier, April 20th, comedian Andrew Dice Clay, April 27th, Plus, remember, SNL's Colin Jost headlining February 16th and 17th, and comedian Nikki Glaser, March 9th. Singer-songwriter Emmylou Harris, March 22nd. And, you know, free parking, valet parking, EV charging stations. For all things Parks Casino, you want to visit ParksCasino.com. Parks Casino and Sportsbook, this is how you win. Gotta be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Kale and Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Kale and Company, rolling on Friday morning. What's on the cut sheet part due coming up in a moment. But I believe we do finally have our winner. And it's time to give away the last copy of that novel, All the Light We Can't See. Uh, we have Kim in Glen Mills. Kim, good morning. How are you? And what movie clip did we play for you twice? Hi, Nick. It's Disturbia. That is yeah, correct. Wow. Yes. Good job. Kim. Yes. A uh, nice little psychological thriller. I believe the guy's name was Kale Brecht was the uh, main Jeez. character in that movie. How did you know that? I have no idea. I'm a loser. But Kim's a loser as well. <laughs> but she's got a book. She's a winner. So she's a winner. She's a winner. There you go. Kim, thank you very much for playing. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Oh, I just oh, oh, she was sure. going to say something, and I zapped her into purgatory. By the way, Mr. Papa Giorgio on YouTube or on uh, on Twitter says everyone knows the movie. Nobody knows how to read it anymore. I don't know what that means. Yeah, <laughs> good, good talk, Papa Giorgio. <laughs> All right, it's 9.37. Oh, I, I guess because of the prize, because the prize is a book. Oh, so he's taking a shot at the prize. Mm. Okay. By the way, starting February 1st, I can't announce it yet, but we will be giving away a really, really, really good prize. A really, really good prize. Wow. Like people people going away oh. type prize. Ooh. People cool. going away yeah. on a trip. Oh. We'll be giving away a trip 
To Ukraine? <laughs> I would invite Nikki Haley, but she can't name three territories. <laughs> that's not right. Yeah, Come no, on. That's right. She's on TV right now. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get to uh, what's on the cut sheet part two. What's on the cut sheet? I do. What's on the cut sheet part two on this Friday is sponsored by Tommy D's Home Improvement Center, renovating a kitchen or building. Uh, one from the ground up, Tommy D's Home Improvement Center is your go-to for quality kitchen cabinets, flooring, and, and molding at affordable rates. Visit their showroom in Philadelphia or visit their website at TommyD's.com. That's TommyD's.com. should be more prepared here, shouldn't I? Um, let's go to Mr. DeSantis. Oh, wait. Hang on. Hang on. Because I know... I know where you're going to go with that. Mustard. There we go. Thank you. People haven't heard it in a couple of days. Uh, he's disgusting. Uh, he's disgusting. He is he's disgusting. Dis- he's, dis- he's a disgusting little short <laughs> he's guy. He's disgusting uh, the, what's happening now in Texas as far as uh, the border goes. You, you mentioned, what, what is it, 16 governors now? 25. Wow, 25 governors now. Yeah. Has, just out of curiosity, has, uh, has, has, has Governor Shapiro weighed in on no, this? No, no. He's... Um... He's getting his uh, cuticles trimmed or something. I'm not sure what he's doing. Okay. He's releasing his blueprint for education <laughs> in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I'm actually serious. Oh, really? Yeah. Does and it involve today, eradicating the, white teachers? He's making a big announcement. <laughs> no. He's making a big announcement. Okay. Uh, Ron DeSantis took a selfie or something. He's he's in a car uh, talking on his phone. Uh, but he says if the Constitution didn't allow states to protect themselves against an invasion... It would have never been ratified. So I agree with it, with what he's saying here, uh, but just it's just odd because he's looking down. You have to see the video, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHD if you want to see the video. He's just looking down at his phone like he's on like FaceTime or something. <laughs> Can uh, you imagine how uncomfortable it must be FaceTiming DeSantis? <laughs> this, is, this is cut nine, guys. Go. Biden is going after Texas, saying that they must remove fortifications from their border. They put wire. They put things to keep people out. Uh, Biden saying you got to take that down to let people come in illegally, which is just crazy. And I remark that if the Constitution was originally understood to mean that a state could not protect itself against an invasion, that the federal government could force a state to allow an invasion, the Constitution would have never been ratified in the first place. Texas would have never joined the Union when it did. Uh, And if you look at Federalist 46, which uh, uh, Daniel Horowitz pointed out, uh, James Madison talks about uh, situations where federal encroachment can be mitigated uh, by by state action. So you have Texas here uh, that's holding its ground. They have every right to fortify the border vis-a-vis an invasion, and that's Article 1, Section 10 of the Constitution. Uh, so, so they're in the right. You also have a situation where liberal jurisdictions over many, many years have been sanctuary jurisdictions against enforcing federal immigration law. So you'll have somebody who's a criminal alien, they will not be given uh, over to ICE, and they will deliberately act to frustrate the laws on the books, and somehow that's viewed as okay. You have Texas who's acting to enforce the laws on the books, to ensure that they have a secure state and that we have a secure country. Uh, so so all of this is just nonsense what Biden's doing. Uh, Texas has every right to stand its ground. We've in Florida, we've been sending people to help uh, for, for many years now because we understand it's not just a Texas issue, it's ultimately an American issue. And if we don't have sovereignty in this country, uh, then we're not gonna be a country anymore. So, so they have every right to hold their ground, uh, to stay, stay the course, and Florida will continue 
to be there uh, helping out every step of the way. Three things there. Uh, number one, very good legal breakdown from Ron yep, DeSantis. Agreed. Number two, uh, we if, he's about, a, if you're a professor, well, yeah, but he. Knows I felt it. like I was listening to one of my kids' lectures. You, well, and <laughs> okay, and read in page. Read. Make sure you read tonight, pages sixty-seven through one hundred twelve. Forty-six says, <laughs> which we'll review tomorrow. Seventy-two percent of that, I had no idea what the hell he was saying, but <laughs> I thought it was a good legal breakdown. Number two. Um, you talk about the Republicans uniting and rallying. Are we paying attention here, folks? RNC says, Nikki, you're done. Yep. Rally behind Trump. 25 governors rallying behind Greg Abbott. You are seeing Republicans start to circle the wagons and come together on two different fronts. Who the leader should be, that's Trump. And two, the border is our path to victory. Um, by the way... Do you notice that no uh, TV station wants to have him on, so he had to yeah. he had to do it on his phone, right, from his Toyota Prius? <laughs> it's funny how everybody, when he was running for president, everybody was you know wanted interviews. He did yeah. he did Morning Joe, he did CNN, yeah. he did town halls. Now he's not running anymore. He's like, let me just do this on my yeah. on, on my FaceTime here. Yeah, we we should post a poll question. What kind of car does Ron DeSantis drive? Well, the right answers would be great. Right now, uh, he's governor, so he's probably being driven, right? Mm. Yes, he wasn't driving there. the the um, The poll question right now is: Will DeSantis ever be president? Oh, that's the poll question right now on YouTube. YouTube.com slash at twelve ten WPHD. Sixty one percent say yes. So if you want to vote, YouTube.com slash at twelve ten WPHD. Let let me get one more cut in here uh, for before before what's in the cut sheet part two ends. This is Governor Greg Abbott uh, discussing uh, what his state is doing. Uh, you know, protecting its borders. Uh, cut eight, Phil, go. Stepping up and doing it with all that razor wire that you're showing right now. Mm-hmm. And, and you've committed to putting up more razor wire where the U.S. Supreme Court just a few days ago said that the feds are allowed to cut through the wire that you've been watching yourself for a couple of years now. And just to go back to your first answer that you mentioned there, this was your statement yesterday. The federal government has broken the compact between the United States and the states. Uh, the executive branch in the United States has a constitutional duty to enforce federal laws protecting states, including immigration laws, on the books right now. So if you lost this week at the U.S. Supreme Court, does this now go back there? And how would you expect to win a second time around? Sure. One quick point of clarification. Uh, something, Bill, you just said that everybody's saying, uh, and that is that the Supreme Court, you said the Supreme Court said what Texas cannot do. If you look at what the Supreme Court actually issued, they didn't write any type of opinion. All they did was to vacate a Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals order and to send it back to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. It's two sentences. There, there was no opinion about anything, about razor wire or what Texas is doing or anything like that. Uh, and But that point aside, regardless of what federal statute may exist, the supremacy, the supremacy clause means that the Constitution itself is the supreme law of the land. The Constitution itself provides Texas with a right of self-defense in this case because the United States has abandoned its responsibility to defend the Texas. Regardless of how it plays out, I just give him a ton of credit mm-hmm. for be, being willing to do more to protect not only his state but the country than the current administration from, from Joe Biden to Kamala Harris to Alejandro Mayorkas. Um, and you're seeing, like I said, 
25 states now. And two days ago, it was six. It was just Georgia, Florida, Virginia, and a few others. And now that's quadrupled mm-hmm. since the middle of the week. So uh, it's a nice workout of Greg Abbott. We'll see how it all plays out with, you know, the high courts and things like that. But uh, I give him an A for effort because... Well, you know, it's weird. We have a broken immigration system, but apparently we have, conversely, a secure border. Try fair, try making sense of that. All right, that'll do it for part two of the cut sheet. We'll come back, find out what's on tap for the Dawn Show today. Uh, today in music history, and who won Twitter and YouTube today? Friday, Kale and Company. Be right back. It's Kale and Company On Demand. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. The Dawn Show coming up in just about eight minutes. And we find out what she has lined up for 10 o'clock this morning. Yeah, we do have an update with somebody in custody amid the search for a 17-year-old escaped murder suspect. So there's somebody now in custody, an 18-year-old. We're going to update that story for you, as well as the rest of the day's news uh, locally, nationally, remember Trump, the the closing, the final remarks today in that Manhattan courtroom. So we're going to check in on that one. Coming up at 1030, talk to Commonwealth Foundation's Nate Benfield, who is going to expand on the, the budget report today. As I would mentioned, uh, Governor Josh Shapiro is expected to release his new blueprint saying he wants to afford to he wants to make it so that in Pennsylvania, your higher education, your college or higher education is unbelievably affordable so we'll break down those numbers and talk to you about that and on the education front there's so much education news in pennsylvania because today is one of the deadlines should have been earlier this week for the so-called charter school lottery a lot of parents in philadelphia very upset about this because it's a lottery where you get lucky not that younger kids can earn their way into some of these best schools dozens of good schools. So we'll talk about the delays, some of the problems, some of the controversies within that, and also the budget, obviously, Pennsylvania. Okay. Looking forward to that as we get to uh, the new element that we debuted this week, which we call Every Day Today in Music History. What happened on this day in music history? Music history. On Kaylee Company. Today, January 26th, Notable albums released on this day include Elton John's Don't Shoot Me, I'm Only the Piano Player in 73, and Simon and Garfunkel's last album, Bridge Over Troubled Water, in 1970. Prince also made his TV debut on American Bandstand on this day in 1980. And lastly, some birthdays to celebrate. Tom Kiefer of Cinderella turned 63, and the greatest guitarist I ever saw alive was born today in 1955, <laughs> although we lost him in 2020. The name, Eddie Van Halen. For Kale and Company, I'm Phil Omquist. Wow. All right, thank you very much, Phil. I also have a new single coming out today called Don't Shoot Me, I'm Just a Radio Host. <laughs> but that'll drop later today wherever you get your music. All right, let's uh, wrap it up with who won Twitter and YouTube today. Who won Twitter? Who won Twitter? Enzo the Baker wins Twitter. He says, if I'm Trump, I wait until Haley drops out and then... It- and then announce RFK Jr. as my VP candidate. You accomplish two things. You win easily because RFK gives you independent voters who don't like Biden-Harris. And more importantly, you say F you and thanks for nothing to the RNC. Not a terrible Ooh. idea. Yep. Not terrible at all. All right. That's it. Everybody have a great rest of your Friday. Stay tuned. The Dawn Show is coming up next. And we are back Monday morning at 6 a.m. Until then. Sick of you. <laughs> I'm sick of all of this shit. I'm done with it. Start your day with Kale and Company, weekday mornings 6 till 10 on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.